It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 708 at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, and... You heard Mike Shields do such a great job covering traffic this morning, making sure you knew how to get around Atlanta safely and expeditiously. One of the things you ought to have on your phone is the WSB radio app. And the reason for that, not only to learn about traffic and news, but because they have an open mic feature that you can warn other drivers. Or during the Lawn and Garden Show, you can ask garden questions. If you have the WSB radio app on your phone, Click on the open mic button and then ask your question this morning. It needs to be about 60 seconds long. We'll try to get to it within the next hour. But if you have a garden question, use the open mic feature and we will answer your garden question on air. Carrie is in Woodstock. Joins us a lawn and garden. Hello. Hi, Cherry. Good morning. Good morning. Hey. Yeah, I just planted a tall fescue in my yard. I did some of it was a complete new yard. Other was just overseeding. Yeah. And now that we've had all this rain, I'm starting to get a lot of weeds in that both areas. Mm. And I'm wondering what can I put on there that will not, you know, kill the grass, but will get rid of the weeds. Not much. Really, Carrie, the, the important thing is to make the grass healthy and the weeds we have to pretty much spot spray, I think. And so just a very light little steer and a steer over there. That's about the best you can do. No general weed and feed or spray over the whole lawn. I think that's more likely to hurt the grass. When you right. when you had to mow the lawn eh, three times or so, then the grass is strong enough to withstand the, the effect of herbicide. But until that point, I think it's going to be strictly spot spraying. Okay. All right. That's all I was afraid of. <laughs> I appreciate hey, it. Hey, wait, Carrie. You get all this yeah. exercise walking around your yard. Put your Fitbit on. You know, you got to clock 10,000 steps around your yard. Sure. Get a lot of exercise. Oh, that I probably will. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we'll see you soon, Carrie. Thanks for calling. Okay, thanks. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Carrie's place. Rose Indicator joins us. Hey, Rose, Good morning. Good morning, Walter. Um, I am looking for a tree with interest to put in my front yard, yeah. and I've come across a Japanese Duardia yeah. pseudo camellia. Yeah. And I've wanted to know your opinion on those trees for this area for growth and and what you think about them. Great tree. Fabulous tree. Pretty flowers oh. and grows nicely in Georgia. There's no reason not to grow it. Okay. Is there, how do you find them? It is a little hard to find. They're a little hard to propagate. And so the nurseries, eh, they might have one or two for pike, might have one or two scattered around Atlanta. What I would do is call some of the smaller nurseries that specialize in more, what do you say, odd, interesting plants. Uh, One might be nearly native nursery down in Fayetteville, nearly native nursery down in Fayetteville. Uh, another one is the Trees Atlanta folks have tree sales every year, sometimes twice, I think. And right. they have Stewardia. I'm sure they have Stewardia during their tree sale. Oh, so okay. Trees Great. Atlanta has them. Um, who would be another one to call? Up in north, where, what part of town do you live in? Decatur, so it's not anything. Decatur. 
I don't know. I think they just had their last sale, but the uh, Georgia Native Plant Botanical Garden down in South DeKalb is worth a call just to see or an email either one and see if they have Savardia. I don't think they have many trees. They have mostly perennial native ferns and things like that. But the Native Plant Botanical Garden down at the Perimeter College is, you know, they specialize in native plants themselves. And what is that one again, Native? The native, Georgian Native Plant Botanical Garden has a long name, but if you put Native Plant Garden South DeKalb, you'll find it on Google. Okay. Easy to get. Great. Yeah. Awesome. The Stewardia is, again, Rose, a great tree. And you saw the, the, the scientific name says pseudo-camellia because the flowers look like a camellia. Yeah, and I love camellias. Yeah. That's what caught my eye yeah. when I looked it up. It's, it's, it blooms in the summertime, and so it's the time of the year when you don't have many other things that are blooming looking like that. So it's a great tree. Right. Great tree. Okay, thank you so much. Hey, thanks for calling. It's 712 at News Talk WSB. Mike Shields is here with a tra- traffic alert. This is a traffic red alert from 95.5 WSB. That's right, Walter. No change on the south side in Clayton County. Taking a live look at the WSB jam cam. All lanes remain shut down with a crash. I-75 southbound at I-285. Exit number 238 causing tough delays getting through College Park and around the airport. Use I-85 southbound Highway 41 or Highway 54 Jonesboro Road as alternates. More minutes on WSB. Thank you, Brother Mike. We appreciate your hard work this morning. Chris is in South Carolina and joins us in the Lawn and Garden. Hey, Chris, good morning. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. How's it going in South Carolina? Uh, it's always hot over here. <laughs> Which part of the state do you live in, Chris? Yeah, the very middle in Columbia. Okay, I got it. So what's going on that I can help you with? Just curious if you knew the... <laughs> I don't know if I should use this term, death cycle of uh, 150-foot pine trees. I've got four in the yard that uh, have been dead uh, between one year and uh, like immediately, like a month ago. Yeah. One of my forestry friends says that uh, they were old and they just uh, gave up that uh, it was too hot and too dry and they said enough is enough and I can't find any signs of uh, beetles or disease or anything like that, but I was curious. He mentioned that um, if you cut them down too quickly, it might attract beetles or other insects to the the, uh, healthy pine trees in your yard. So I was curious if you could uh, give me some information about uh, what, you know, what you know about uh, what happens to pine trees and how they fall. Yeah. Things like that. First thing is you're hanging out with the right people. <laughs> your, your forestry friend was exactly right. If yeah. you cut down pine trees during the time of the year when the beetles are out, it does. The smell of that pine sap, the turpentine in the pine sap, does attract other beetles around. So if you can schedule the cutting down of the pine trees to your own, to your own uh, time, the time to do the cutting is in, in wintertime when it's nice and cold, or at least as cold as it's going to get in South Carolina. So, that said, the reason for it dying, his is, uh, reasoning is probably right. It was dry, could be a little pine beetle damage in there, could be who knows what, a hundred and some feet tall. It's an old tree, and he could have just said, I'm just tired of being here, and I'm going to die, and that's the end of that. So, I think we wait until it's cold, or as cold as it's going to be in January, and schedule the takedown then. Uh, excellent. Thank you very much. 
And if you need to leave them up, ooh, Chris, I don't think you need to leave them up at all. So be careful with it. But call, you know, call Arborist. Make sure you have somebody that has the plan and be sure the person is insured because I have had a friend who had a Arborist come by to cut down their pine tree. They were not insured, which they found out when the pine tree fell on their shed and mashed their lawn tractor and uh, wanted to be paid for it. Sorry, sir, we don't have insurance. Bye. Okay. And it was the end of that story. So be sure your tree company is insured. Okay, thank you. You bet, Chris. Thanks for calling. It's, uh, six, it's 716. Let's go to Lewis and McDonough. Hey, Lewis, good morning. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, Lewis, doing all right. What you got? Okay, I'm, I live in McDonough, and the, the traffic has just gotten worse over the last 23 years we built our house. And I'm going to do a buffer for the, the noise, yeah. from traffic noise. And I've heard that the Leland cypress trees are great, but I was wondering what's the best time of the year. And I've heard about staggering them, like four yeah. to six feet apart. Is, is that is that sound familiar to you? Yeah, it does. And this is a great time to plant Leland cypress. So if you're going to do it, do it now. Do it sometime between now and December. And staggering is a great idea. If you have the room, you know, you got to have enough room to stagger. And typically I recommend around 10 feet between plants and you'll have to do the measuring to figure out how you stagger them to make 10 feet between them but yeah 10 feet between and stagger them is about the best you can do for at least visually not seeing the traffic that's causing the, the noise that you don't like all right sir that's that's exactly what i need to know i really appreciate you make sure the one thing to make sure of lewis be sure you dug the ground properly or tilled all around that area when you plant the leland you don't want to just dig a little bitty hole and pop them in there because they will tend to have a lot of diseases in the years to come. So make sure you till the ground properly and then plant the Leland in the ground then. It's 716, 717 at News Talk WSB, and we'll be back after this. It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to Walter Reeves on Saturday mornings on your Amazon Echo or Dot? And me too, weekday mornings. Just say, Alexa, play WSB, and we're on. 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Walter. A quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, scattered showers, rain increases probably through the day, high of 74, low of 60. Tomorrow, mix of sun, clouds, rain, 20% chance of that, high of 73, and a low of 52. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB. Mike in McDonough joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Mike, good morning. Yeah, good morning, sir. I had a maybe kind of stupid question, but... Uh, Talk to me. I love the stupids. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> okay. You know how sometimes the uh, fall leaves are real vibrant, and some yeah. years they're just kind of blah? Yeah. I was just kind of curious if the warm, dry summer we had, if that was better for the leaves or worse, or in general, what's the relationship between weather and how the leaves look Worser. Worser is the right word, I believe, we're looking for, Mike. Um, yeah, dry... Summertime means that the plants don't don't develop the. Let me see if I can name them all the colors that are in there. Is chlorophyll certainly? You got xanthophyll. You've got carotene. You've got the purple one. I forget the the purple is another color that's in the in the leaves. And so, if you have a dry summer, those colors do not develop very well. Don't develop very concentratedly in the leaves. And so in the fall, you don't have much color to show for it. Yeah. But the dry weather does have an effect on leaf color. 
Okay, so we're in for a blah season. I think blah is pretty much it, yeah. No, I mean, it doesn't mean you shouldn't go to North Georgia and visit all the nice places in North Georgia, but if you're going to see the most prettiest leaves you've ever seen, this would not be that year. Gotcha. Okay, well, appreciate it. Hey, good talking to you, Mike. Thanks for calling. Debbie is in Griffin, Georgia. Hey, Debbie, good morning. Hey. Hey, what's up? Um, I just want to know, how do you get a lush, thick um, castor bean plant? Why are you growing castor bean? Because uh, I like the tropical look of the leaves and the color, mostly the color. I think you're right. It's a, it's a very attractive plant. You know, obviously, that the castor bean seeds are poisonous. You know that, right, Debbie? Yes. Okay, good. You know, but I'm just talking like a little clump here. Yeah, I don't think there's any secret to making them grow good. I mean, I've seen clumps growing beside chicken houses. I've seen them growing beside wells. I've seen them growing all sorts of places. And nowhere did anybody seem to have any secret method of making the castor bean come out looking real full and full of those big jaggedy leaves, the flower. And well, the color, as soon the as it colors. gets up, it starts losing a leaf at a time. Huh, no, it shouldn't do that. Maybe you're not watering enough. Not watering enough. Possibly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I just wonder because I see pictures of it real thick and it looks really gorgeous. And then when mine start growing up, as it grows, it loses a leaf from the bottom starting up. One yeah. leaf a day almost. I think water would be my best theory on that. Why the why the plant's losing leaves? Watering it. Okay, and if I cut them off at the beginning of winter, anything in the ground, will it regrow or do I have to reseed? Reseed. The, it's an okay. annual plant, so all those little tick-like seeds, you know how the seeds sort of look like a tick? <laughs> those, right. Those tick-like yeah. seeds, collect a bunch of those, put a label on it, say do not touch with anybody who's going to you know, have it on their fingers or anything like that. Save it for next spring and plant in April of next year. You should be fine. Debbie, it's great talking to you. It's 727 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter it's 7.36 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves with Georgia Gardener, and I have a phone number you don't want to forget. 404-872-0750. And our new way of asking questions on Lawn and Garden, if you have the WSB radio app on your phone, click on the open mic feature, and you can ask your Lawn and Garden questions there, too. Keep it down to about 60 seconds for your garden question, and we will get to it in about uh, 40 minutes. We hope we edit it down to what we need. And so you can do the open mic app or 404-872-0750. Susan is out in Woodstock, Georgia, and joins us. Hey, Susan, good morning. Yeah, hi, Walter. Hi, Susan. I know, az- I know azaleas like acidic soil. Mm-hmm. Should I sprinkle coffee grounds around the base of Encore azaleas and also around the base of camellias? You can if you have coffee grounds to spare, but it won't make the soil more acid. Oh, uh, really? Really, yeah. That's just one of those garden myths. I've done a, put a new presentation together for Master Gardeners and other folks in the last uh, two months, I guess. And I've already done the, the talk twice. And one of the things I talk about in it is that pine needles, coffee grounds, oak leaves, 
we name a number of things, none of them acidify the soil, even though garden gurus and you know you've heard it on the internet too say that it does. Sorry, doesn't do okay. it. Okay, well, I, I have not had the soil tested out here at our new house. Yeah. Um, if I don't get it tested, how could I add some extra acid to the soil? Speaking as a guy who never thought he would be able to use his chemistry degree in the gardening world, here you go. It's really hard to make soil permanently change its acidity, change its pH. And so while I know that azaleas and other, we call them acid-tolerating plants, like blueberries, camellias, azaleas, several potatoes, things like that, if you want to change pH permanently, it's really difficult to make the soil do that. Soil has an innate resistance to pH change, the buffering capacity of the soil. And so if you want to change the pH temporarily, you can put sulfur on the ground, just a little bit of uh, yellow powdered sulfur on the ground, but the easier way, frankly, is just when you plant the azalea to add things like um, pine, pine uh, uh, chips or mulch that's made out of ground-up pine chips because they tend to open up the soil and the soil becomes a little bit more acidic as a result, but not because the pH changes, but due to some other soil things that I don't want to get into. But yeah, you can add things like that to the soil before you plant, but putting the coffee grounds around is a fine thing to do, but it just doesn't doesn't change the pH of the soil. Okay, and then just fertilize? Yeah, and use azalea committee fertilizer to fertilize your azalea, sure. Okay, great. That sounds go. good. Thank you. Susan, it's great to talk to you. Great question. Thank you so much. 404-872-0750. Let's give away the weekend prize pack, which is Ashley Frasco. She is listening to me right now because she is thinking of a number. She's hard at work thinking of a number between 2 and 7, to determine who win a pay, wins a pair of tickets to the Eagles' third and final show, the end of the third show in Atlanta, Tuesday, February 11th at State Farm Arena. Tickets on sale now. The band will perform the Hotel California album, the whole album in its entirety, with an orchestra, a choir, and followed by their greatest hits. Actually, this is going to be fun to go to. This will be fun, fun, fun. I'd love to. Yeah. But I'll let caller three go. Call number three. Got to get to it now. 404-741-0750. 404-741-0750. Get you in to win tickets to the third and final show of the Eagles on February the 11th. Also, don't forget tomorrow, Sunday, the Atlanta Journal Constitution comes out. And their main article, when you call for an ambulance, will there be one to help you? In parts of the state, there is not an ambulance emergency service. The AJC continues to investigate how the state's emergency services are managed, and they uncover how budget cuts and lax oversight put Georgians at risk. It is worth knowing what's going on. The AJC is credible, compelling, and complete. This morning, when I have a little time online or on the air, I mentioned some of the things that have been featured in our newsletter this past uh, week that we had that came out last Thursday. And one of the things that a person asks, I think, is a great question because it deals with dog fennel. And I have a very mixed uh, relationship with dog fennel as a child because my dad hated it. When you have a pasture that has nice grass in it for your cows to eat, that's fine. But if you have a little bitty dog fennel plants in there, they're very, very small when they start out. And if the cow eats that, it makes the, makes the milk taste terrible, tastes awful. So my dad would have us out in the pasture sort of walking side by side, me and my two brothers, 
walking side by side, digging up all the little pieces of dog fennel that we saw in the pasture so our milk did not taste bad for the rest of the family. But the question that came to the email newsletter was, can I plant dog fennel as an ornamental plant? Well, now that is an interesting question because dog fennel is pretty attractive when it gets big. It can be as much as six feet tall. The the stems and leaves are very feathery looking, very attractive ornamentally. So I told this guy, you know, if you have a place that you don't mind having a little, little fennel uh, sprouts coming up, it's sort of weedy when it sprouts with seeds, but if you have a place where you can grow it, sure, why not? Dog fennel could be an ornamental plant. And there's even one that is a variegated leaf dog fennel that you can uh, plant, and that looks even more attractive too, I guess. So dog fennel, ornamental, dog fennel weed, depends on if you have cows and a dad or if you don't care about what the cows eat in your pasture. Another question from a lady who had chrysanthemums, and on the chrysanthemums, they were covered, and I do mean covered, in spider webs. I mean, literally, you can barely see the flower through the uh, through the spider webs on it. And she wanted to know if it was spiders themselves that did this or something else. The truth is, she has spider mites. The spider mites in a hot summer, boy, they love chrysanthemums. And so, the spider mites on her chrysanthemums had grown to such a number of them, they had invaded and it just grew up to a population so big that they covered her chrysanthemum with webbing. So, what does she do? this time of year, pull them up and throw them away. Next year, the thing to do for spider mice is look for them in June. That's when the spider mice first get started. If things are wet, rainy during June, July, then the spider mite population never grows big. No problem at all. If it's very, very dry, then we got problems. So be sure if you see spider mice, wet them down real good, and uh, you can get rid of them that way during the middle of the summertime. Phil is in Alpharetta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Phil, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right, Phil. What's up? I just wanted to find out. I marked a bunch of uh, daffodils last year in the ivy, and I uh, wanted to know when the best time to transplant them. Tomorrow, 1 p.m. Okay. Can I do it at uh, 3 o'clock uh, You're pushing on, uh, it. I don't know. Next weekend? Know. Three, 3 or 4 o'clock next weekend, that's really pushing it. Yeah, even next weekend, you can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Phil, sure you can. Okay, um, so what you're trying to do, do is just you dig them up and um, you can either save them for a while and plant them in like two or three weeks. You can plant them immediately. It doesn't really matter to the daffodils, but now's a good time to do it. That's so you time. can dig them up but, uh, and, and hold off on planting them? Yeah, or you don't have or, to plant them immediately. You can hold them and put them in a cardboard box, put some newspaper in there, let them dry out for a while if you want to. There's no okay. reason to do that. Like if you're moving to a new house and you wanted to put them in a box and hold them until you get to the new house, that's one situation I can think of. But if you're just going to move them from one part of the yard to the other, go ahead yeah. and plant them then. Whenever you dig them, plant them in the other parts that you want. Great. Thank you, sir. Hey, Phil, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. One of the things about daffodils is, is you can fertilize them this time of year. If you see where your daffodils grew last year and bloomed last year, looked so nice, one of the best times to fertilize these fall-planted bulbs is in the fall, when you plant them. When you plant them or when you know that there's a, a plot of them coming up. If you wait until the spring, when you have all that foliage and all those flowers in April and May, they don't absorb fertilizer very well at all in April and May. The time that these bulbs absorb fertilizer is in the fall when the foliage is first coming up. Remember the rule of thumb, you always try to fertilize plants when the... Uh, 
growth is about to start and really be fast. That's what's going to happen with all the spring flowering bulbs. The foliage comes up a little bit right now. The root system is going like crazy. So now is the time to use fertilizer. You can use either a bulb fertilizer or you could use 10-10-10. But anything you use, be sure to put it out now. Don't wait till April of next year when the plant really can't use it then. And now is a great time to plant daffodils, hyacinths. Um, what else have I been thinking about recently? The um, lilies for next year. I got a box yesterday with 40, I think, lilies that I ordered a couple of weeks ago. And I'm going to have so much fun this weekend planting my tiger lilies. I have some um, gloriosa, gloriosa lilies in there as well. So I've got a whole bunch of lilies that I'll be planting this, this time. And one of the things I learned from last year is that rabbits really love the leaves on lilies. So this year I have a special bed with a uh, fence around it. And I'm going to plant the lilies in there to keep the rabbits from eating it. Because last year I thought I was going to have 5 or 10 or 15 beautiful lily uh, plants no, sir, Reefler, I did not have one flower last year. Oh, well. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. It's 747. We'll be back after this. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news and traffic teams will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get to work on time and informed. Now back to Walter Reeves and his Lawn and Garden expertise on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. Okay, so how many people, how many people in my listening audience recognize that song from the very first five seconds? Hold your hand up. Yeah, you know, I know who you are. My college roommate, Harold Applegate Miller III, loved The Doors, and the Riders on the Storm would be one of his favorite songs to play. And I recognize those first notes of the piano very, very, very clearly. 404-872-0750 is the number. And a quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, scattered showers increasing through the day. Tonight, high of 74, low of 60 during the day. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds, rain 20% tomorrow, high of 73, and low of 52. And your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB. We've got James in Mapleton who joins us. Hey, James, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm quite well, James. What's up? Uh, I'm having I'm having problems trying to grow squash. All right, talk to me. Tell me more. I'm having problems trying to grow squash. I tried. I did some research. Somebody said you put borax in the in a, uh, in a row, so I I dug a row up, tilled it, boraxed it, and then the next year I didn't get to plant that year, but the next year I got them plants planted. Yeah, I had the most. Yeah, I had the most I had the most beautiful squash you've ever seen, mm-hmm. and that's crookness what I had. Yeah, and what happened then? What, what happened? Yeah, to the it's crookness what I had. Oh, you're talking to yeah, it's is what I had, and uh, I uh, I got two two good medium sized squash yeah. out of that row. Yeah, and the rest of them got mushy. Uh, I don't know what all happened to them. They, they, they kind of rotted away or something, yeah. and then the vines just kind of died. I know I don't the know what's going on. I do myself. I know what's going on. What's the, that? The problem, James, is poor pollination. 
for reasons that we haven't gotten to yet, but for some reason, the bees, the butterflies, the other pollinators have not gotten into those flowers. And when the pollination does not occur, then the fruit turns mushy and sort of falls off. It turns sort of a white uh, webbing gets all over the fruit. So what you need to do really? next year is to plant squash, yes, but plant some flowers nearby. Plant a whole bunch of whatever's cheap and easy to get from Pike Nursery. And just plant them around your squash plant, plant them around the edge of your garden, plant them anywhere that you can find a little spot to plant some flowers. And if you do that, I promise you'll get better pollination, and I promise you'll get better fruiting. Okay, so so does it matter what kind of flowers? Nope. I think, well, really? oh. I guess it does matter, yes, but I'm going to just say flowers, because if I give you a list of flowers that are good for pollinators, then it'll be... You know, 10 minutes writing it down. If you want to go online and go to my website or anywhere else, just say flowers for pollination or flowers for pollinators, you can find a list just about anywhere online. And again, go to a pike and buy 10 or 15 of them, plant them up and down the row of squash, and you'll have some squash. I'll do that. Yeah. I'll do that very much. All right. Hey, that, that's great. That's great to hear. Thank you very much. I hope, I mean, hey, I'll call you what if it works. <laughs> it works. You're if, I call get them, if I get them planted next year. All right. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks for calling, James. Tell them, hey, Mableton, for me. Yeah, that's the thing that I first think about when you have fruit that just doesn't develop from just the very beginning. Pollination. That's the problem there. James will get those things pollinated. He will have fruit out the wazoo next year. The 757 will be back after news.